and welcome to another Woodshop Podcast with Mike Coffey of Coffee Custom Builds, Daniel Dunlap of Daniel Dunlap Woodworks, and Peter Kapar of Petrie's Workshop. You can find us all as well as the podcast on Instagram and YouTube. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to hello, episode hello, 14 hello. to another Woodshop Podcast after dark. Oh, oh, it yeah. is late. <laughs> it is late. We're I just want to say something. I am not dancing to the intro song anymore until you guys start paying me better. <laughs> Wait, you guys well, are getting paid for this? You're making to pay percent more than me or Pete. Because 30% times zero is zero. So <laughs> we're all I'm just nothing. I'm just in it for all of the uh, the connections I make on Instagram. All the bearded <laughs> men that I get to meet. What, what's that? Uh, I'm here for the free exposure. What is that thing to say? The brand say or whatever? <laughs> you have some free exposure when you do something for free for someone. <laughs> I get oh. some free exposure. When you, if you if you photograph if you do if you photograph my wedding, you'll get some free exposure. Do, do, oh my god! <laughs> no. Don't even don't even go there. This is when I hit him with the gift that the money, please. <laughs> oh, oh, Mona Lisa, you're the best. Um, oh, sorry, we had to start late, guys. On, guys. I apologize. Oh, it's fine. Uh, scheduling <laughs> snafu on my part. Um. Mike, you're the worst. But it's okay. We we just simply swapped out one stimulant for another. We instead of drinking coffee right now, we're probably all right. drinking beer and other things right now. Just is that fine. really a stimulant though? Uh, it's, it's stimulant <laughs> stimulates certain things. It is. Oh, can't make that joke. This is a this is a family show. <laughs> um, <laughs> Calm down. Yeah, <laughs> it's early. <Pete. laughs> we're, we're, <laughs> we're recording almost exactly twelve hours after we normally do. Yep. So it um, is. It is almost midnight. It is almost Monday here. Ah, man, I'm so sorry, guys. That's okay. I really do feel it's bad. Fine, commit. You don't have to keep rubbing it in. <clears throat> yes, we love this podcast, and I'll stay up as late as 9 p.m. for this thing. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your commitment. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm on the West Coast. They're on the East Coast. Well, Dan's what? Central. Central. Yeah. Central yeah. Yes. Yeah, so we do mountain. the. That's the other one. We do the 11, 10, 9, or whatever. Or no, 11, 10, yeah. 8. Right. Eight, eight, ten, eleven. Today. Yeah. Yep. All right. This is super boring. Very confusing. On to what's on our Anyways. bench? Anyways, Dan, what's on your bench this week? Yeah, man. Absolutely nothing right now. <laughs> but that's no. still the thing that's happening is cool. No, I'm still, I'm still working on that desk. But what's almost the in desk your driveway? Got put Dan. on hold. <laughs> Nothing's in my driveway until Tuesday. Talk about it. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm getting to other things first. Okay, Pete, fine, calm down. whatever. Talk about woodworking like a loser. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my desk build has been put on hold because I had another woodworker from the community come over and help me put new electrical throughout my shop, my garage. And I want to give him a huge shout out. Victor from Cisneros Custom Woodwork. He's a super nice guy. So Man, dope. Okay. The guy drove two hours to come to my house and he worked for 12 hours one day and then he came back and we worked for another four hours today. And crazy. when I say we worked, I mean he worked. Yeah. We all can we can all interpret that. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, the guy is just super cool, super awesome. So I just I want to give him all the shout outs possible. That's what I've been doing this last week. That's awesome, dude. That's so what cool. A, of and yeah, now I, I went from two outlets to like twenty two outlets. It's amazing and I'm excited. I'm excited for you. That's gonna be Mike, That's stoked, dude. What are you up to, man? Um Oh man. Mind wipe again. I <laughs> she probably, well, I worked on this cedar slab that I've been trying to get finished up for in the shop, uh, or not for in the shop for our entryway. <clears throat> uh, I did some epoxy stabilizing 
last night on that. And, um, man, I really don't rem- Oh, I finished my uh, clamp rack this week. You know, not a super, like, sexy build or anything, but it's it's a really nice-looking clamp rack, and it adds a lot of storage in my shop. And op- it's not just from – it's not that it opens up just my clamps. It actually opens up that whole corner of my shop that's been kind of like a catch-all since I've moved in there. So <clears throat> gets all my clamps condensed down to one spot. It's going to make it so when I do finally upgrade to a floor standing planer, it has a home. Um, and I'm able to keep the wood that I'm going to be working on the next project in my main shop area and not in my lumber storage area. So that was kind of all I really did this week. I was kind of, um, I always do this thing where I, I like really push myself a lot. Like I don't really sleep a whole lot during the week or any time really. And it usually lasts about two to three weeks. And then by like the third week. I just start, my wife goes, man, you look really tired. And th- Thursday night, my wife went out with some girlfriends and I went to go put my son down at eight and I fell asleep with him and I didn't wake up the next, till the next day at like eight in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I slept 12 hours. It was absolutely bonkers. So, Which is like a week's a, worth of sleep for you. In a yeah. tiny bed? Yeah. In a tiny like, well, tractor Jack's, bed? Jack, yeah. In the tractor bed. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, him nice. slept in there. My wife came home and, uh. She was like, "Hey, you gotta, you gotta come to bed. It's like ten thirty. I was like, "Holy crap!" And I went. I was like a zombie. I walked downstairs and went to our bed and just passed out again. So, <laughs> oh, I, was I thought kind you of, slept uh, a whole night in the tractor bed. Oh man, that would have been great. I would have cut your son out. His, bed, his mattress <laughs> is way more comfortable than ours. <clears throat> but uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, I kind of didn't get a whole lot done this week. I, it was all kind of catching up to me the whole week. And boom, I did release a new YouTube video. That was, um, it's doing pretty good. I mean, that was a good one. Liked it. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate yeah. it. Um, but yeah, you you do YouTube? Other than that, was, huh? You do YouTube? Yeah, I got one or two out there. I've been trying to get oh. good at it. I don't have uh, not hitting the kind of numbers you're hitting, yeah. but uh, you just send it for the exposure. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get the exposure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what about you, Pete? Oh, I I kind of had one of those days too. Actually, what's funny is me, you, and Shane all had. I think this same day we all crashed. We just all got in a shop and we're. All had the same story of, I have no motivation. I'm tired. I don't know what to do. Yeah. Uh, it just, I think this was just a week of like, same thing for me. I was just finishing stuff up. I finished a bunch of the the cutting boards were done. I got a couple orders to like engrave them, so I engraved a couple, which was cool. I was playing around with that engraving bit, and it is so dope. I love it. So I've been just putting uh, initials and other things on everything, and uh, did a couple of deliveries this week of boards and other things and finished my headphone stand and i got that track saw that i was picking up last week i finally yeah. got it in a shop holy smokes i've been just missing out everyone needs a track saw drum sander <laughs> track amazing. saw they're not luxury tools they're necessary i'm saying it uh um, I, I honestly like, think a track saw isn't a luxury tool dude, they are so freaking helpful oh my god it's a game changer it, yeah. like I, the, I i thought of a dozen different ways i could have used it in the last three weeks that I, I needed for just even when I was breaking down these stupid slabs, you know, I'm cutting it with the circular saw and like a straight edge or something. It's just, I don't know. It just, it wasn't good. And the dust collection on that thing is amazing. Although I had just, I just had Emma follow me around with the four inch dust for yeah. I was so, I saw that, that video. I was like, Oh, that's, that's clever. <laughs> Poor Emma. Yeah. It was a great dust collection. <laughs> she, there was more comments about her than what I was doing in a video. It was so funny. Shocking. Yeah. Right? <laughs> uh, but what was really cool is I actually used it in a very weird way. I, I cut, I wanted to cut out the back of the, the headphone stand that I've been working on, which is finally glued up. I'm very excited. Uh, I wanted to open it up 
And I was thinking like, all right, I'm going to drill it out. And then a lot of chiseling. And I had this stupid idea of why don't I just use a track saw, just plunge it into the back of it and just cut a little slit, cut a little slit on the other side and hollow it out. It, it worked great. so well. Yeah. Like, I, the amount of control, I put a clamp down just so it like wouldn't get away from me. I was expecting it to like kind of go nuts. No, no trouble. No. So, so steady. Those little gripper pads on the bottom, I thought I was going to have to clamp everything. They're so yeah. solid. You rarely change the clamp. It's a new shop. I don't I want to throw out yeah. my table saw. I don't need it anymore. Don't be crazy. Uh, I'm throw it out. I'll be by. <clears throat> you don't need your, you don't need your miter saw nearly as much if you even if you're even using one, but Which it's I don't use mine that often cuz it's on a simple like rolling rack with no wings. I got so lazy I never put them on there. Yeah. But it's it's just so nice to have in a shop. That's but cool, dude. It was just one of those weeks that I've just not I haven't I didn't get a I got a lot done, but it was nothing was like finished. It was just a lot of things were wrapped up, delivered, which was nice. Just a finality on a lot of projects. So So that was nice. Uh what about you guys? Uh you're I guess you said what you did. We but, did. Yeah. Did you, we yeah. Did, that. did you have a stroke? But I no, I wanted to hear about Dan's thing, because Dan Dan did something cool this week and I kinda wanna hear about it. My oh, wife and I bought personal. a pretty large camper. Out of the blue, it's huge. That's it's awesome. a twenty-nine person camper. It is. It's, it's forty. Yeah, it's it's forty-three hundred feet, feet long. Not the We're feet. gonna have COVID parties in there. It's gonna be great, dude. I love no. camping. The fact that you got a camper, I'm so jealous. I am. Too. Yeah, we oh. have so many friends that have bought them over the years. Over the last three years, I think we have like seven different friends, a uh, couple friends. Oh, it must be nice to have seven different friends. Wow, I know. Um, <laughs> I'm just over here flexing. Weird flex. <laughs> <laughs> That have gotten them, and uh, <clears throat> my wife took the kids to one of our friends who has one at a, like a permanent spot on a lake for the day uh, last week. And because of the whole pandemic thing, you know, a lot of things are shut down. My wife usually takes the kids to the pool. They go and do stuff all summer long because my wife's a teacher and the kids are out of school. <clears throat> Anyways, she came home from the lake thing and said... We have to get a camper. And that that's shocking in and of itself just because my wife yeah. is a big penny pincher and she doesn't like to buy and spend money at all. That's a green light. You go for it. Right? Wait. You don't because I want to buy a camper, but I don't want to buy it till next year. And I'm like, nope, we're buying it this year. Nope. You said it. <laughs> if I wait till next year, she'll change her mind. So, yeah. No, take the backsies, y'all. Double stampies or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, we're going to be uh, traveling the country and stuff. I'll see you in two uh, Or at least the state of Nebraska here and there. Oh, lame. <laughs> cool. Look, a Menards. Don't worry, Pete. I'm not driving to your house. Yeah, go to a different Menards. <laughs> go to different <laughs> Could you stay in the Menards parking lot like you can Walmart? Yeah. Did well, you know Walmart, that's a yeah, thing? Wonder, you can stay yeah. in Walmart parking lots for free? Of course you can. Good lord. <laughs> like, oh, Dan's back. Now he's living in a parking lot. <laughs> How many, it's not a bad idea, many, Pete. Thank you for putting that in my head. Oh, God. Not to like double back on things, but how many outlets or how many circuits did you get in the shop? I now have six total circuits. Holy moly. Oh, that's, that's great. insane. You're never yeah. going to trip anything. I have six total circuits and I have the capability to put in 240 in the future if I want. That's awesome. Yeah. You're going to Or 220, that. whatever you call it. <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I call it I'm 236, really but yeah. I, I could have sworn your saw was already 220. Nope. Everything in my yeah. shop except for my heater that I had directly wired to the, the box panel, that we the box. upgraded has been 110. 
Crazy that's reason. still awesome. Just the fact that you have every tool plugged in and ready to go is, yes. is so nice. Because you don't have to it keep got, swapping the cable. Around. Yeah, it got so annoying walking cables back and forth and having them dragged across the floor and tripping over them and putting my hand into a saw blade. That sucks. Yeah, yeah, that's money lost. You can finally plug in that dust collector. I, I'm working on it. Even even Victor gave me the dust collector like baby lecture. steps. <laughs> He's like, "You really need to plug in this duck dust collector, Daniel." I'm like, "Yeah, I know." I okay, Dan. Pete and Mike all the time. <laughs> yep. No. Ridiculous. Well, we um, would usually do topics, but you guys have been calling in with these voicemails that are well, so awesome. Actually. You know, we kind of forgot some business. We didn't mention oh, our sponsor. My, all my friends, my best friends. <laughs> we didn't oh, mention God. our sponsor, and we need to do that because they are a great sponsor, and that is, of course, Bear Hollow Supply. Love those guys. Yeah, they're great guys. Um, thank you. Yeah, they. yes, thank you very much. They have really nice uh, cabinet supplies and hardware and, you know, barn door stuff. I've got a couple builds coming up where I'm going to be getting uh, their undermount slides which I've actually never used on a project. So I'm really excited to try those out for the first time. So they got everything. They got a great site. We'll have all the the notes or all the links to their Instagram and their website in the uh, show description down below. But thank you very much to Bear Hollow Supply. Those guys are amazing. Yeah, go check them out. Yeah, yeah for and, sure. And it's not just hardware, guys. Like they, they do a bunch. Like they sell glues. They sell finishing stuff. So just yep. check, definitely check out their site. Uh, yep. There's a lot of really cool stuff. I got lost on it one night and found a lot of neat little things that I definitely want to check out. Yep. And, and it and all they've... feels like burly and like really well yes. made. Yeah. Yeah. I got I got some bed hardware and it is it's solid. Thick. It's, it's thick. Like, yeah. It's like three eighths of an inch thick. Yeah. <laughs> I've got the same hardware. It's pretty baller. But anyway, they thank have, you like, to them. Lighting kits and stuff. Yeah. It's cool stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm not yeah. going to go on about it, but yeah, yeah, we don't definitely check them out. We want to thank them, but not too much. Let's go. Right. <laughs> well, this is the last episode of Bear Hall Supply yeah. sponsored this episode. <laughs> no, big thanks to them. They, they're awesome. They're very cool. So let's jump into this first question here. This is going to be Ryan with Sawdust and Stuff, and this is a doozy. What's up, guys? It's Ryan with Sawdust and Stuff, and I have a question or more of a what would you do for you in a situation that I recently ran into. I had a customer order a bed set from me and a couple weeks after I had reached out to her asking for a review on my Facebook page and also some pictures. She responded that the bed frame had broken and that when they put the mattress on the bed frame, the entire thing cracked and shattered and was completely unusable. She also told me that her family had a bonfire to get rid of the product and headed over to Ikea to replace the product. She was asking for a full refund in addition to the cost of the Ikea furniture that she needed to replace my product. I know what I did in this situation, but I'm curious what you would have done knowing that she never gave any proof or pictures of my product broken or faulty in any way. Thanks, guys. Looking forward to hearing the answer. Holy smokes. (laughs) That is a crazy story. I mean, I I can't politely in all good consciousness say on this podcast what I would want to say to that customer. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I think Karen's off her rocker. As uh, (laughs) Karen Height 451. Dan, as the one that's done the most client work um, and can maybe relate this to photography in some way. Can, would you like this? Yeah, take this I will one first? take this and run. And that's what you should do. Just run. Um, just run. 
Yeah, she that woman is crazy. Uh, without any sort of proof? No way. It sounds like she just wants to get her IKEA furniture paid for. Mm-hmm. To be perfectly honest, um, yeah, no proof, no refund. Besides, wood doesn't shatter. Like what? The only time I've ever seen yeah, wood shatter is when it gets hit by lightning. Press? Oh, my MDF bed frame kind of fell apart. It didn't shatter. <laughs> I guarantee it didn't shatter. Yeah, without proof. Uh, burn, who, who, who would burn something like that? I'm assuming this woman probably paid quite a bit of money for a bed frame. Who would just burn it without, yeah. didn't reach out. without yeah. reaching out first? This is what happened. Without even reaching out. They bought it. They bought it. Gave it to someone else. Got an Ikea bed. And then want him to pay for the bed. It's... This is total scam. This is garbage. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, this, he, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure we all know what he did. And that was, you know, gave I kind of really was hoping away. that he would say what he did because, yeah, I just wanted Maybe to Maybe he'll call in next week and tell us what he did. Yeah. We'd love Tune to. Tune in yeah, next please. week on Dragon Ball <laughs> Tune in next Z. Week. All right, guys, let's call this <laughs> yeah, one good crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's a crazy story, man. I think we're all, I think everyone's on the same page. We're all on the same page. The, There's, listen, we talked about the whole customer experience thing and doing right by the customer. This is not that customer. <laughs> this is the customer that you take that one negative review. Yeah, this customer ain't coming back. Because this one, as Dan said, this one Karen is not gonna like not gonna ruin your day. Like, don't let her. Or him or whoever. It's just unreasonable. Um, I mean, shim. no proof. The fact that you don't reach out when there's something wrong, dude. If I even have like uh I first of all, I follow up with the customer. I, I usually try to follow up with the customer within the first couple of weeks just to make sure everything's good. But if if you're be- if some you know I buy something for a thousand dollars, this bed frame is probably not cheap, and it breaks, I would immediately reach out to the person I built it for. Yeah. Me. So that's that's just a scam. I'm not. That's it's all. Very I'm suspect. About it. Suspect. All right. So yeah. yeah. Um. We agree with you. I don't have any other input <laughs> other than that person's cray cray, and you need to get, get out of that relationship immediately. That's insane. And <laughs> Delete him from um, the phone. And then we've got we've got some written in questions. We wanted to get to those this week too. So yeah, let's um, throw a couple in there. Sprinkle last them in. week was like all voicemails. So this one we've got from uh, oh geez Caleb over at the up north Minnesota shop. Um, it says you guys talk about saw blades, most mostly table saw blades. Do you leave the same one in all the time? Have a rip blade and a separate crosscut blade. What brands do y'all use? We actually went over this a uh, few episodes back. I'm not, I can't remember off the top of my head which one it is, but we definitely talked about it. Yeah. Pete thinks 10. I know episode 10, we talked about blade sharpening. So I think we touched mm-hmm. up on that. It may have been also in another episode. So um, I want to say episode 11. As everyone should be, you should all be listening to all of them. Just like you listen to them 25 <laughs> times a week, you should also be listening to all of them. There will be a test. <laughs> uh but yes we definitely mentioned this basically we all use a variety of them we all tend to get lazy but for the most part you're gonna get lazy several different ones a good combination blade combination yeah uh um yeah dan why don't you read this next one want me to read do you remember what happened last time i read a question just read the the first sentence that's the main question (laughs) just try it sound it out (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, uh, this the is from Troy Schulte. Um, and his handle is that Schultz? <laughs> Probably. Oh, I don't know. You correcting my reading? Uh, I quit. <laughs> uh, this is from Troy. It's Tony Troy S. Not Troy, Tony. <laughs> it's from Troy S. <laughs> Just joking. Question for the pod 
How and when do you decide to take the plunge and sell your work? I'm a hobbyist at best, have made picture frames, cutting boards, coasters, and a dining room table, and a crib for my son. Most is most have been for my wife. Some I've given away to close give, close family as gifts. But I'm wanting to at least make some money to pay for my wood for future projects. How would you go about building an, an initial customer base? And do you remember what was your first sold project? Pete. Ugh. Yeah, throwing it in the I read the question. You so how did I decide to plunge into it? Plunge into it is basically I was just doing this for fun. I still do this for fun, and people just started reaching out to me, and it it fell into my lap, and then got out of control, and I actually had to dial it back because I basically had to turn people away. Uh, and as far as the paying for your own supplies, when it's your friends and family, and when you're first starting out, you just you're just excited about the business. I was basically giving stuff away. <laughs> I was making negative money on my labor. Um, so, yeah. But well, this is when you're you know, first starting out and it's like friends and family. You want to make them happy. You want to grow. Very quickly, I realized that's not going to happen. That's why I think in the last episode, I, I talked about at the very least, very least for a down payment, especially if the project is over $100, you should be taking a down payment and you should be covering at the very least your supplies. Because, you know, there's no reason you should ever... Uh, lose out money on at least the the wear and tear on your tools and uh and, you know and basically the, the the stuff you buy for the project. Like imagine if Dan didn't get a deposit for that walnut desk, he'd be up thousands of dollars. That'd be crazy. Yeah. Um, as far as like you know getting an initial customer base, it's it's almost always friends and family until you get that one. And Mike especially knows, and actually Dan, you too know about getting into like that one friend who has a neighbor that they happen to live in a rich neighborhood. And that's how it starts. You get that first one, and oh man, if you get the right clientele, they it just spreads like wildfire. Once you break out, and of you that, did that one, yeah. Once you break yeah, out of that, you did that one project for that family. one lady, huh? <laughs> you did that one project for that one lady, and then you did like ten, yeah, or have like a whole lineup. Yeah. So it it that's basically the best way to do it. It's just you know keep it going. Eventually, you're gonna strike gold. Yeah. What I was going to say is once you break out of that circle of friends and family, it, you, your circle becomes bigger and it just continues to get bigger and bigger and, and things spread word of mouth. That's that's the way it's happened for my photography and that's the way it's happened for my woodworking. Uh, it, yep. it, you just got to grind. And I think the first things I ever started selling to people were probably cutting boards. Uh, they're me, simple same. enough. I still do it. Yeah. No, no hate on cutting boards, but. That's where I started. And then, you know, you get questions like, hey, I see you do this. Can you do this? And I don't like telling people no. I will rise to the challenge. <laughs> Calm down, Mike. <laughs> I don't. I'm listening. <laughs> I don't like telling people no to like a woodworking project. Um, uh, unless it's something that I know there's absolutely no, no way I can do it. Then I'll try to subcontract out. But yeah. You just got to break out. It's of that good to circle. know your limits. Yeah, Mike, you got thoughts? Yeah, I'm, uh, so many thoughts. No, I mean not not much I can add on top of what you guys said. But I remember my first project or my first sale was a uh, cornhole board. Um, and then I was like, oh, I'm addicted to selling these things now. <laughs> it was like like you sell your first thing, and you're like, oh, you can make money doing something you love. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And then it was just like uh, I don't know a million bottle openers and then it went into cutting boards and then it just kind of all snowballs. But, um, yeah, I mean, as far as doing it, you just have to do it. It's just one of those things. Like there's people that want to buy stuff. (laughs) 
So you might as well sell it to them. So I mean, you'll be able to find it if you if you if you try even a little bit. Yep. Sometimes it gets slow. I mean, sometimes you get you just it just dries up a little bit. But if you're really going after it and really marketing yourself and really trying to get sales, you're going to get sales. So it's uh it can be very fun. Um, I think we kind of covered that one. There's not a whole lot yeah. more we can we, dive in we on that touched one. On that we, topic uh, a few times though. Yeah, I think so too. I don't. I think that's pretty safe to say. Let's um. Let's get into Josh the Dad's question. Josh here. the Dad. Uh, he, oh, he's been Josh. Josh the Dad. He's been very good about calling in questions for us. So thanks, Josh. Here's his. Hey guys, it's your favorite call-in person. That's right, it's Josh of Josh the Dad One of the Big IG. Hey, does this mean I win a prize if you keep using my questions on the podcast? Anyways, hey. So what I have for you today is a two-part question about bits and such. So part number one. So you use bits, whether it's router bits, drill bits, CNC bits, whatever. Saw blades can be thrown into this too. And they start to get kind of gummied up. They get some gunk on them. What do you clean them with? Okay, that's question part one. Question part two now is how long... Do you keep cleaning or using those until it's time to replace? Do you wait until they fray? Or do you find a point before that moment where you totally jack up a really nice build and replace the bit ahead of time? Whether it's router bits, drill bits, CNC bits, saw blades, whatever. What do you think? Have a great day, guys. Dan? Say it with me, boys. What do you clean your saw blades with? Simple green. Simple green. I disagree. Of course you do. Goat blood. You're fired. Of course. It's going <laughs> to be Laundry detergent. Polish. It works phenomenal. Really? Oh, God. Tide yeah. pods. You no. millennials. <laughs> They're delicious. <laughs> um, I do, this, uh, another Wish Out podcast does not condone eating of Tide pods. Uh, <laughs> no, actually, laundry detergent works really well. And I did not know that. I learned to something today. Break up grease. And it works really well. I'll just drop it in a little thing with a toothbrush, just clean it up a little bit, and it works amazing. Huh. Try it out next time. I'm but going Simple to. Green, I, I totally agree. It's awesome. I'm it's totally not really going to do for... that. I'm just going to keep using Simple Green. <laughs> nope, <let's laughs> no, I'm going to try it. And if it doesn't work, you better believe I'm coming down on it. Mike, you use Simple Green. <laughs> simple Green is really good on if you have to use it on a tool. Like, Mike, you've used it on your bandsaw. I know that to like clean it up. That's really good. Oh, yeah. You don't really want to put like detergent saw. on your. Pine saw. Pine saw, simple. Yeah. yeah, I use pine saw, which really helped when it got gummed up real bad, but yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, one thing I would say is that not, depending on the blades you're getting, not all of them are like stainless steel. So sometimes underneath the paint on the body, there's just like steel and that mm-hmm. could rust. So if you end up cleaning it in a liquid, uh, they could rust. So I, I usually just hit the center, at least the body, with uh, a little paste wax at the end. Just to make sure it doesn't, just in case there's just regular plain old steel underneath. Hmm. But and how do you know, have, Pete? How do you know when I've you get a new one? I've learned the hard way. Oh, when do I get a new one? When it's hard to cut pine. <laughs> but base, well, <laughs> if we're if we're talking about bits, when a bit starts burning your wood on an easy pass with the grain after you freshly grain, cleaned it. Yeah, like it's <laughs> it needs to go. Uh, it's rare that you can, I mean, sharpening bits is just, none of us are equipped to do that. And as far as table saw blades, you can sharpen those. We talked, episode 10, we talked about it. 
Forest uh, is one company that does it. I found out that my local lumberyard actually sharpens blades too. And Forest is right in Clifton, where I live. I found out yeah, literally the weekend of last of that episode. Oh yeah, and after that episode, so, I, got, I had several local woodworkers tell me that there's a local company that does it, not just woodcraft. Did we mention that we love this community? Yeah, yeah, love yeah. it. We do. Uh, so yeah, that's that's my input. What about you, Mike? Um, I mean, I think. Dirty and dull are two different things. <clears throat> yep. It kind of, you know, you just clean it as long as many times as you can. I mean, you could just run pine through your table saw one time and it's dirty. That doesn't mean the blade's bad. So yeah, yeah. I usually take the lid of a home a homer bucket, put the table saw in there, and then cover the you whole put thing. The whole entire table saw? Right. The, the whole table saw. Wow. That's like Guna. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just cover the whole thing. I keep about 40, 45 <laughs> gallons of uh, simple green at any it's time. It's got above ground pool. laughing about <laughs> I uh, <laughs> may or may not have misspoke there. We'll have to roll back and see what happened. <laughs> yeah, I'll check the blade out. Blade. Throw it in the th- check the tape. <laughs> I'll uh, throw the table saw blade in the uh, lid of the Home Depot bucket and f- cover it up. And then I just hit it with like a, a brush or a bristle brush or something like that. So, but in terms of like like a doll blade, I mean, it's burning really is when you start to notice there's a real yeah. issue. Yeah. I mean, burning is the dead giveaway. And before you get rid of the blade, you can get it sharpened probably. Yeah. With most right. those cheaper, like $30, $40, 50 Freud ones, you can usually get one, two solid sharpenings out of them. The really nice ones, like the like the stainless steel $100 plus ones, you can occasionally, like I got one for 50 bucks at a show, they're usually a hundred bucks. You can get you those sharpened up now? to ten times. I got one of those. The, the stainless steel. It's. I think it's a stainless steel body, isn't it? Oh, yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, I, I. That's what I think. I thought they were, and it's a carbide blade with that extra bit of carbide yeah, on it's there. Like they're super meant. Thick, yeah. yeah, they're meant to be. I actually didn't realize that they're th- they're wider as well. So the hmm. the riving knife I have doesn't work with it because it's too thin. Wow. But but the thing just melts through wood. It's amazing. It's incredible, and it's definitely worth it. They're resharpened for twenty bucks. So basically, a hundred dollar blade can last you way longer and be way more cost effective than buying the cheap thirty forty dollar ones. Now, as far as bits, Mike, you started doing this, and I I took the page out of your book. Uh, your Porter cable bits that started um, for the drill press started burning mm-hmm. out. One of my Harbor Freight ones burned out, and I went to Home Depot to replace it. I f- they didn't have it at the time, but basically that's the best way to do it. If you have a cheap set, just start upgrading one by one is the ones you, you need. You know, like with router bits, I think it's the same. I did the same. Like I, I started with one of those like uh, red or blue Kits, super cheap yeah. router bit sets from Amazon when I first started going. And then I've slowly been replacing it. I found the brand I like. I won't, doesn't matter. I, I like Whiteside. Amon is just as good. Their Diablo is very good. There's other, their brands are good, but I just happen to like Whiteside. Yeah. So I've been slowly replacing if I have a piece that I I need to be super nice, or if I'm working with maple and I don't want to deal with any burning, I'll buy a new bit to replace a garbage bit. So, so I mean, those bits will work just fine. But I just really like getting the really cheap multi pack and then replacing it, it with something nice. Yeah, as you need. I started using the. Uh, I started replacing it with the. Uh, what is it? Tools today was a timber line. What is it we bought? Uh, no, tools the today is a. Uh... Oh, oh, the Forstner bits, the their, their carbide ones are like timber line or something. Oh, like. I it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter. But anyway, I'm, I'm, my my Forstner bits were burning out because of of me. Like I didn't 
when I first bought my Forstner bit set. Also, I had a really terrible drill press and it was, it was took a lot of jamming to get it to actually do its job. So I burnt that thing out really bad early on. So replacing them is a good way to go and getting good ones that'll last a long time. Those things are worth the investment. Oh yeah. So. Especially uh, when you realize which ones you use the most, like a nice round over or chamfer bit that you use on almost every project, do a lot of cutting boards, just invest in a good one. It'll pay for yeah. itself. Did Dan answer? I, I don't remember. I think, I think he started. I did. Did he? Oh man! He Everything. Remember when man, I said we on top of that, that I used uh, that I take my table saw and yeah, I soak it's a late it in recording. simple green? Remember that? That was crazy. Simple <laughs> green. That was crazy. <laughs> um, should we read another? another yeah, I'll question? read one. I think it's Pete's, right? Yeah, it's uh. So this one's from Ryan from Morningwood. Nice. Good for nice. you, buddy. Uh, I don't know if you guys discussed this. We have Ryan. How dare you? I don't know if you guys discussed this, but uh, mm-hmm. finishing a project or uh, covering or filling small imperfections. Boy, we've done a lot of that. I have tried sawdust, mixed with glue, epoxy, starbond adhesive. Uh, what do you guys recommend for small imperfections? I have tried all of those. Uh, I, you know, epoxy for, I guess, larger things. Starbond's good for cracks. I guess I'll just, I'm going to just start talking about this. Uh, the sawdust mixed with glue, I actually used that on my my little headphone stand today and I ended up mixing really fine sander sawdust and it came out really good. The glue actually matches the wood perfectly, That's the best. which is yeah. just one of the best. And one trick that I actually had to deal with, was it yesterday? I, uh, I was sanding. The, I just had like blank cutting boards, just cherry cutting boards that somebody was going to cover with epoxy. So they didn't want any finish or anything, but they wanted them sanded to 220. Mm. Literally was wiping off the sawdust on the final sanding on the final board and I proceeded to drop it Ooh, uh, mm. because that's just what you do on your final thing. Right. And you know, you get careless. And then of course I was like, all right, and well, this drunk. is fun. No, this, God, this was in the morning. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> so I went in a, I went in a bedroom and I got the steamer and I started steaming mm. the piece of wood, the dent, and it got it out pretty much like 95%. So for those of you that don't know, you can use steam to get dents out of wood. You can either use a steamer or my favorite method, if it's the dent in the middle of a board somewhere, you spray it with a little water, you cover it with a um, like piece of fabric or something or old t-shirt or rag if you have it, and then iron it. And the steam and I've the seen heat will you, actually expand I've it. S- I've seen where you wet a paper towel and put it down and then hit it with the iron. You can do that. Well. I saw yeah, on TikTok you also, where you could pull out dents with a plunger. wood. <laughs> Dan, get out. <laughs> we're, not, we're not talking about cars. We're talking about woodworking. Oh. This isn't car That's talk. Our this other is wood- podcast. <laughs> another, another car, car shop car podcast. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's one of my favorite tricks. And when I learned that, that changed my life because at the time I was working with a lot of pine, which is our favorite. And that stuff just dents if you look at it wrong. <laughs> so it's yeah, the best wood ever. It's the made. best wood ever. Uh, what about you, Mike? <laughs> didn't I answer? Oh, did you? No, I didn't. <laughs> I'm <laughs> just we so out of it. What's happening? We're pros. We're get so what I like air. to do is I like, hold on, hold on. I like to take the whole table saw and dip it in simple. <laughs> oh yeah, yes. <laughs> that's that. how he finishes no, it. No, um, I've actually had vi- like I think it's kind of just like a getting good at woodworking thing. I've had varying degrees of success for all of these different things. And I think you just kind of learn what works and what doesn't I've had good success with the, um, 
with the sander sawdust and glue trick. You know, I've had that work a lot yep. of times. I think the trick is to really get the finest sawdust you can get. Obviously, you don't want like hay. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to be sanding with uh, 30 grit. Hand plane shavings. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But, I mean, if you get, like, super fine sawdust in there, um, I've had that work a bunch, and it works really well. Um, I've seen people use that to tent CA glue, and they'll, like, mix it in with the CA glue, and then they'll rub it in the spot, and then they'll hit it with the accelerator, and then they'll sand that down, So because it's perfectly clear. So, I've seen that be Mm -hmm. done. Um, And then, obviously, Starbond and... Uh, the other CA glues, and then there's just a lot of tricks out there. So, I mean, <laughs> I don't really know if there's like this one trick works for no, all of them. It's it or all like, depends. Know, woodworkers on the hate this one trick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was trying to think of that <laughs> joke. <laughs> I can think of it. Uh, yeah, Dan, no, you, you taught us a new trick last yeah, week. Yeah, it. This is all purely situational on what you're going to use, I think. Um, but yeah, I did. I showed a little thing on my Instagram, and it kind of blew up a little bit where. I sand, oh, yeah, I rub glue into the crack, and sorry, twelve year old me was nice. laughing. <laughs> I rubbed glue into the crack, and then I sanded it right away while the glue was still wet after I wiped it off. And yeah. while it was wet, while it was wet, yeah, because the while saw, it was wet, ladies know, and gentlemen, the saw thus mixes <laughs> right in with the glue, and it's perfect. I sanded it with, uh, I want to say, I sanded it with two twenty. Eighty. You, you said eighty, didn't you? Did I say eighty? You said 80 in a video. Well, that's just what I told I you. I think. I'm telling I could the real be... people, 220. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. It might people. have been 80. Okay. But yeah, it's a, a smooth, flawless looking uh, joint now. It looks good. Yeah, it, it looks so clean. It matched really well. I was shocked yeah. how well it worked with just like wet glue. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. surprising. I was like, oh man, this is... Um, I and wanted as far to as... jump on, on your back real I bad. I wish you were funny nearby. It was perfect. <laughs> uh, as far as the epoxies go too, keep in mind there are different uh, speeds of drying for epoxy. One of my favorites is five minute epoxy. Like the quick set stuff. If it is like, you know, kind of a deeper gouge and you don't have any star bond or even you don't have the thicker stuff... Five minute or one minute epoxy to quick set stuff is amazing. I love it. I use it on a lot of projects. It's good to keep around that uh, around the shop. Oh sure. yeah, and you can tent that yeah. stuff too. I put I uh yep. I filled some stuff with some five minute epoxy and tinted it with India ink recently. Oh, that actually mm. worked really well. I try that. Nice. I've only used the the you know the powder the pigment. Yeah. What they call it. I, I got some go liquid to, uh... stuff coming. I'm going to be trying that out. Ooh. The um, mix all. I got some of that stuff coming. I'm really excited to try that out. I want to try I also, alcohol I actually, ink. I, w- I actually ordered um, India ink for like a big thing of it. I've, I've got a, I got like all this red oak. My when my dad moved his shop, he had all this disgusting like one inch by twelve inch red oak, and I have a bunch of it. And I was like, mm, I'm gonna see what it looks like if I India ink that stuff great. and try to make some bases out of it. I think it would look sick. Yeah, exactly. I think it's gonna look cool. So, um. I guess yeah. we can jump into this next one. Huh? Voicemail? This voicemail? Yeah. yeah. Let's go into this next voicemail. Uh, this is from uh, Kamani Strayhorn. He has a question about shop upgrades. This is a good one. So my question is about shop upgrades. I've been doing woodworking for almost a year now. Um, I have an entry-level table, Ryobi table saw that my father-in-law got for me when he was visiting one day and was helping out. Um, you know, I have a miter saw, I have a planer, I have a jointer, um, but I really have been wanting a, a real drum sander because 
Uh, I'm trying to do more ingrain boards, and I know that it's just going to be a big time saver on a lot of my work. Uh, but I was <clears> listening <throat> to some other people, and uh, they've also promoted getting a better table saw, like moving up from the entry level. So I guess overall my question is, should I wait and get a better table saw uh, and then worry about getting the drum sander or use what I can with my table saw and go ahead and get the drum sander when I have the funds. I'm going to jump in on this one. I really, really think you should get a nice table saw before you start getting really many other tools. Um, And it doesn't have to be like a saw stop though you really should try to do that even though I'm you know I don't have one but I you know getting the nice table saw I think that's like the most important tool in the shop even though I don't it's not my favorite my favorite's a bandsaw but I think it's the most important tool and the tool you turn on the absolute most in the shop so I have a drum sander Dan and Pete have a drum sander I think we kind of all agree it's a team drum drum sander yeah 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 luxury item it's a luxury tool. I mean, it really is a luxury tool. It's amazing. And if you can make it happen, do it. Um, and I know he was saying he does a lot of ingrain cutting boards. You know, I was, at first when he was saying the voicemail, I was like, hey, man, you don't need a drum sander. Then he said, I, I do a lot of ingrain cutting boards. I was like, oh, actually, you know, that's actually not a bad But he can make a flattening tool to jig get for, that. for his router. Right. And a guy I know put out a YouTube video. But – um. <laughs> no, it's like, you know, you could, it just feels like everything's so much starts with the table saw. It's so important to have a table saw. And my only other thing though, that counters that is clearly if he's making ingrain cutting boards now, his table saw situation isn't dire because if he's <laughs> able to make yeah. an ingrain cutting board with the table saw that he has, he's clearly getting the job done. So it might be one of those situational things where it might be good for him to get a drum sander in his situation if he's not going to do anything other than ingrain cutting boards. Yeah, that's boards, true. Maybe though. he's uh maybe he's pumping out like 50 ingrain cutting boards a month. <laughs> yeah. That's nuts, but yeah, that be I mean it could be. You don't know. You just don't know what the situation is. I mean, if he's pumping them out, it might be the right course of action. It's I'd say, so situational. I say go tough. with your heart, brother. <laughs> Follow your heart. <laughs> that's beautiful. <laughs> I like it. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I would say, I would say, get. I almost want to say, get the the first tool that is a better deal. Like especially if you're if you're looking, maybe he's looking for used upgrade ones. Whichever one comes up first is better. But I I always find it's easier to upgrade a tool than to get a new one. So if you're in a position right now where you might have some extra cash or whatever, you're you're kind of in a mindset of I need a new tool. I'd say get the drum sander, especially with what you're doing. It's it's really one of those game changer tools for that particular job. It's also mm-hmm. nice to just have for you pretty much find a use for it in almost every project. But it's always easier. Like if you've got your table saw, you know it's an older. Uh, what did he say? It was a Ryobi or something. Ryobi, yeah, yeah. You know that's that's money sitting in your shop. You can sell. So when you get your new saw, I've never paid whatever I paid for any one of my tools that I was upgrading. I never paid that price because I always sold the previous one. It just it kind of subsidizes the cost of the next one. So if you do end up going to some like larger cabinet saw, okay, that still subsidizes that cost a little bit. So it's easier to do an upgrade later on if you're maybe not in a position to spend a lot of money. So that's, that's my point. Thought, just go for that. It's like the whole, uh, we talked about this many times, the buy once, cry once, like get that tool that, it, cause it, that is a top shelf tool. 
a drum sander, you, like, not a lot be, of people yeah. have it. Yeah, it's a top shelf tool. Yeah. It's it's almost a you know there's like a lot, I mean there's a bunch of upgrades on it, but it's like one of those last things you're gonna get. You have a drum sander, you're gonna use that thing for 10, 20 years. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think maybe in his situation, I think generally speaking, you want to get a table saw before you get a drum sander. Generally, but, but I think in hey, his case, if that's what he's doing, plenty of people sense. doing beautiful stuff with that DeWalt contractor saw. You know, yeah. Who, uh, oh, I, I'm not saying no one can. You can't do good work. Yeah, Tamar from Three by Three used her DeWalt uh, contractor saw, not contractor yeah. saw, but job site saw. It's a job site saw. That's what it is. Yep. Yeah. And she might still. I think, uh, uh, Zane from was a three dog carving company. I think. I don't know if you guys follow him, he does incredible end grain cutting boards, and I think he got a drum sander before he got the table saw upgrade. Well, there you go. Kamani Strayhorn, he uses a Ryobi, and he- <laughs> that's the collar, sir. <laughs> no. Get out! Right. Get out! He doesn't. So we we've all changed our uh, opinion. Get the drum sander. I think for his particular situation, yeah, I think yeah. we say get the drum. If sander. If he didn't say the end grain cutting boards, I'd say maybe hold off. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's just kind of a – it makes sense for his situation. Let's uh, – he actually sent in two voicemails, which is super nice of him. And uh, this next one's about Father's Day. And since next week's Father's Day, we won't have an episode out before then. It makes sense to play it now. So I'm going to play yeah. that one now from Kamani. Appreciate the second voicemail. Here it is right here. So this question's about Father's Day gift ideas. Uh, my wife is looking to get me something. And uh, through our discussions, we kind of decided on a – you know, $300 budget. Um, so the options kind of running around right now are a, I could get a gift card and apply that money to something bigger that I want, like a better table saw or drum sander or something like that. Or if she wanted to get me something tangible, um, things I don't have, uh, right now are like a good set of chisels, a plunge router, or kind of more like a like a good sanding station, like the like a disc and belt sander kind of combo for when I'm clearing tabs off of CNC stuff. So there there are a lot of options. There might be something I'm not even thinking of. So what would be a good realm to go for if somebody wanted to get something tangible that just wasn't money? Bro, take that gift yeah, card. Take the apply money. Apply it towards that drum <laughs> And the seal or no deal. Take the money. Here's the game. And this is a secret, guys. So everyone listen close. I'm, I'm leaning in. Get the $300 gift card. Find a $400 tool. Tell your wife, hey, it's only $100 more for this thing. I could just, I'm $300 in. I might as well get this thing and I'm all set. I Boom. may or may not have You now have a $400 tour. You're evil and I love it. <laughs> so good. I mean, this is the real reason we, we made this podcast is so we could pass this knowledge on to people. It's <laughs> timeless knowledge. How to trick your wife one-on-one. <laughs> uh, I mean, for reals, though, I think gift card yeah. is the best option. I think we all agree. I mean, gift card. Yeah, yep. I don't think there's any disagreement there. I get I get the idea behind wanting to get like a specific tool as a gift, but it's just like so nice to be able to pick out whatever you want. Oh, yeah. It's the best. Yeah, and he just so. talked about one of drum sanders, so boom, there you go. Yeah, there you I go, think, man. I mean, you're not get you're not gonna probably not gonna find a three hundred dollar drum. If sander, you do, but, let us know. Um, yeah, please send a link. <laughs> well, if you're gonna look for one, you should have Pete look for one because he's about the only person that I know that could find a three hundred dollar drum sander. So <laughs> it's be fifty, but Pete. still, it's pretty dope. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, do we want to jump into another voicemail or do we want to, I kind of yeah, want to get into Nathan's, uh, Nathan's question about lumber here. Yeah. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. Well, let me, uh, actually get, get back into this freaking file here real quick and <laughs> actually play it. This is, uh, Nathan with, uh, Lodgson. Oh gosh. I should know the last name of, or the last, uh, part of it. He'll say it, but he's asking about l- lumber lingo of like four quarter, eight quarter. Here it is. He's going to ask a lot about, um. Slabs and mahogany. <laughs> hey guys, it's Nathan from Logs and Woodworking here. I just wanted to say I really appreciate the show, and I find the dynamic between the three of you guys extremely entertaining. Well, you also you. do an incredible job encompassing everything that's awesome about the Instagram woodworking community, and I, I really appreciate that as well. That being said, my question for you today is about lumber. I generally shop at big box stores and only having been to a lumber yard once, I found it extremely intimidating. I know you throw around jargon like S4S and eight quarter and slab this. And I was just wondering if you could uh, <laughs> explain some terminology and a way to make people more comfortable with stepping foot into the lumber yard for the first time. Thanks. Uh, you got to go uh, first. You're uh, only one not laughing. We're not laughing at your question. No. <laughs> this, is, this is a peek behind the scenes. <laughs> so when we were – I don't even know who said it. When we were initially listening to your voicemail, you said slab this and either me or no, me said you. mahogany that. Mahogany that. No, it was me. <laughs> I said mahogany that. And we were saying we should have a shirt – a shirt made that says slab this mahogany, mahogany that, that. <laughs> it just makes no it's sense it's not funny to anyone but us but we think it's uh. the funniest thing in the whole world <laughs> it just sounds uh. like someone that has no knowledge of woodworking describing <laughs> right. like what we slab do slab this mahogany that it's, it's like your, your wife getting mad at you it's like, that's all you ever talk about just slab this mahogany that <laughs> so oh we're so tired oh, oh, oh god that has to be anyway. a t-shirt. Well, it does have to be a t-shirt. Oh. In other words, I'm like slapping so hard. I blew out my f-hole listening to the podcast. <laughs> oh, God. All right, so All right, let's uh, get wait. serious. I think Pete should go because I'm going to pawn off the work on someone else and another podcast <laughs> and another maker in the community because I don't feel like answering a question. You should definitely check out uh, individual named by Shannon Rogers, the Renaissance woodworker, which I cannot spell because I was born in Poland. Uh, it's got six N's and I think a silent Z. Anyways, he does um, he does a podcast. <laughs> Stop it. He does a podcast called um, the Lumber Industry Update, which is an offshoot of a wood shop episode or wood shop segment. Wood talk. Basically, wood all talk. he does is a wood talk. I'm sorry, wood talk uh, segment. All he does is talk about lumber, and one of the episodes is lingo, and it's one of the most informative episodes you will ever listen to. Uh, he also has a video on YouTube because he works at a lumberyard and he totally recognizes the fact that it is intimidating as hell, especially coming from a going from a big box store and everything's that particular dimension where they lie to you. It's like one by two. It's not. They lie. Uh, anyways, <laughs> you go to a lumberyard and it's like quarters. And then what's a timber? What's a plank? What's a board? What's a board foot? What's a linear foot? All this stuff, you know makes no sense when the first time you go and we've all talked about this the first time i went to a lumber yard i walked out with nothing second time same thing third time i bought too much of the wrong thing 
That's just how it happened. The first time so, I went to a lumber yard, I was so intimidated. I didn't stop. I just kept driving by. I was like, just drove by and looked yes, at it. Just like, drove by, just looking at <laughs> it. There inside, it is. Picking your boards. I'm not going in there yet. <laughs> and then you told your wife you went to the lumber yard. Yeah. Did you get anything? <laughs> no, but now, no, not today. Now it's such a like, now I walk into the lumber yard like I own the place. Yeah. Just like, I feel so confident going in there. Uh, and quite literally, now with the COVID restrictions, I actually went recently with uh, one of my buddies, Jake. And we walked in there like we own the place. And then later we were told that like, oh, you guys aren't actually allowed to like be inside here. Like you have to have someone grab your order and bring it. And we were just, we were walking there for like 30, 45 minutes. No one stopped us because we just went through the place. So <laughs> that's how you get what you want. You just got to know, It's you got to look like you know what you're okay. doing. Exactly. You just walk in like you own the place. Um, apparently one of the people that was uh, helping us at some point was the owner too. <laughs> he didn't stop us. <laughs> but it's okay to be intimidated. It is scary. And honestly, a lot of those lumber yards, at least in certain areas, they're not for the Joe Woodworker on the weekend. Like, they're there for the big contracts. Like, they don't care about your 100 board feet of cherry. They're selling 3,000 board feet of teak on an order, you know? Yeah, I mean, so, truckloads of ebony stuff. But they like are a business. Exactly. So... You know, through and through, and they want to make money, so they want to help you, and they want to ma- yeah. get you yeah, to learn. Yeah, don't, don't get intimidated by it. They, If you find a good yard that takes care of you, they're going to want to take care of you. If you're buying yep. 100 board feet or two truckloads of, ste- of a steel, of ebony, it's it's just yeah. about the relationship you create with exactly. them. Exactly. Show courtesy, they'll show courtesy back. Uh, work with them, they'll work with you. Come with a cut list, know what you want, uh, and ask if you can pick it out. You know, some yards won't let, won't even let you, but I usually what? they'll let you pick through. Oh yeah, there's yards that are they're basically construction, like they have hardwoods and stuff. But you basically just place an order yep. and they give. That's it to what you. it's like at my. You local don't get place. to choose it. They're, they don't. Oh, yeah? They don't really? let you pick through. But I've created such a relationship with them that they will let me pick through. They yep. they love me because there. I take my dog. You, and they got a, you going? They got a bag of treats. Yeah, you just going for my through dog. that? Yeah, you're going through that pallet of that that is grade, you know, grade A, whatever, grade one lumber. Uh that's that whole rack is that. And you pick the best 20 boards out of that, you just drop the whole grade on that thing. They have to relabel the whole stack. Yeah. If they're selling it out of a bundle. So you hmm. it that's that's why. We're we're kind of Mike, you and I are used to having a yard where the wood is just stacked and we go in and we pick whatever the heck we want. And we move on, but not everyone has that luxury. No, so I don't that, have that luxury. It, 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 or I mean, the yeah, ones so that I go it, it to doesn't have that luxury. Tough. The the manager comes out with me, and we we pick through and grab what I want. Yeah, but I'd say check out so, Shannon Rogers. Really good resource to, to the community. He has really good information. Uh, he's a good starting point, and he'll teach you some etiquette with lumber yards and what to look for. Um, well, what do you guys think? No, if that's, you want to pitch that's in a little great bit. advice right there. I do want to say some other, a couple other things. Just. You know, if you don't know what four four quarters or eight quarters, basically it's just a quarter. It's literally inch. a quarter. It's four quarters, which is one inch, or eight quarters, which is two inches. Two inches. And then when you buy four quarter uh, piece of wood, a plank of timber, you're actually getting thirteen sixteenths of an inch thick stuff. You're paying for the sawdust, and yeah. the sawdust you're paying for is the labor for them to mill it down. So they have to. They have to make their money so that you're still paying for a one inch thick piece of wood, but they had to spend labor to have someone ma- get that thing surfaced down to the same thickness, a uniform thickness, which becomes 13 16th. Yep. These kind of things you can 
I mean, we're happy to answer questions if you want to reach out to this any of us. This is really an episode. This is a whole I mean, episode. it really is an episode. There's yeah. so much That's why Shannon stuff. Rogers has it. an episode right? on his a podcast. Yeah, a podcast about I mean, I mean, if you want to reach out to us, I know Pete would be happy to – and me and Dan would all be happy to answer those kind of questions. But a lot of this stuff's like a Google search away. And the things I really recommend you take with you when you go to a lumberyard, assuming you're allowed to pick, is like a cut list, like, like Pete was saying, either – a real working knowledge of how a board foot is calculated or a board foot app, take a pair of gloves and take a tape measure with you and a pencil and a notepad and, or the ability to take notes somehow because lumber yards aren't always honest. <laughs> uh, I trust mine, but the one I used to go to, um, I know now when I first started going in there, they ripped me off a couple of times. So, um, you need to go in there knowing if you don't know how they're going to charge you, you can't yep. fight them when they charge you the wrong amount. So if you go, Hey man, this isn't, this isn't 15 board feet. This is like nine board feet of Walnut. That's a lot of money of, of difference that you're leaving on the table. Yep. So, and if you're trying to make a project that you're trying to make some money on, you just lost a pretty good amount of profit. So, um, and if you don't know how to even, if you don't know what, if you don't know how to calculate the values of the lumber, you're, it's really a basic thing you need to know to be able to price projects as well. So you, you really should learn those things. And I do get that it is intimidating, yeah. um, but you need to learn it, especially if you're going to start doing this stuff. And and, and you I will mean, make mistakes and it's okay. Yeah, we, I've, we've all overbought or bought the crappiest stuff. I overbuy all the time Thinking it was a deal. I put my whole table saw in Simple Green the other night. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, uh, but I will, I will, I'll throw this one out. If you actually genuinely have questions about this, if you want to know a little more, I literally taught a class on this for my woodworking school. Reach out to me. I'll send some resources your way. Um, you know, anyone else that's interested, hit me up. I'll, I'll, I'll do my best to help you guys out. Cause this is like, this is, we can't even cover this in an episode. This is massive. No. There's so much stuff in there. Uh, and I'm sorry we're not giving you perfect answers on all, like what the, all the terminology is. There's just so much. There is, and it's, yeah. it's just a lot to go over, and we can't really cover it here. But yeah. if you want to ask us questions, you're more than welcome to, like I said. And then really, you know, there's actually – if you search – I know David Picciuto actually has an episode, a YouTube uh, video discussing like some of the basics of what lumber terminology there is. And there's someone else, and I'm totally blanking on it. Um, I want to say it's – I like to make stuff, but – I'm not 100% on that, but I know that David Picciuto with Make Something TV has an episode or a, a video where isn't he goes that, over. Uh, isn't that the channel? Isn't that the Slab This, Mahogany That? That's. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, well, we got ourselves a show title. That makes it easy. Um, let's. Ch- <laughs> We're going to uh, jump into the next, the next, well, the last question here of the episode. This is Lee with Regal Street Woodworking. And um, he's asking about creating an entity, like a business entity, like an LLC or something. Hey, guys. Lee from Regal Street Workshop. Just wondering. We're all makers. We're all trying to make a profit. We're all selling to customers. At what point do you start getting into looking at becoming an LLC or a DBA and start dealing with all that tax Mumbo jumbo. Uh, what are your thoughts? Thanks, guys. I think uh, 
I think that's really up to you and how you feel about uh, risking your personal assets. Really? Uh, an LLC is just a limited liability company, right? And that's just to protect yes. your personal assets so yep. that like you can't be sued by a customer and they can take all your personal things. And so, a DBA Dan, before we go on. A, what, doing business as? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we actually, we had another, we had a write-in question from Kevin from Peachtree uh, Woodworks. And he, he asks a very similar question, which is basically taxes, sales tax, income tax, you know, the IRS nonsense. Is this something I need to report or is it worth starting? Oh, yes. uh, you know, do we need to worry about it if it's, if I'm a small, you know, doing a couple of orders or whatever? The, the answer really is yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Like. Dan, I mean, Dan, do you want to talk about your experience with it? You you basically run two businesses. I run two businesses. I pay taxes on both of them. I'm I'm a DBA doing business as uh, Daniel Dunlap Photography and Daniel Dunlap Woodworks. Um, let me just tell a little story. So I started my photography business, so to speak, in 2009. And it really started taking off in 2011 and 2012. And I was able to quit my job in 2011. Um, my full-time job at, at the time I was doing photography on the side, but it got, it got busy enough where I quit my job. Anyway, um, I wasn't paying taxes, right? I was trying to pay taxes, but clearly I wasn't paying them right. And the state of Iowa, no, it was the federal government came after me and said, Hey, you owe us money. So I had a lot of money. I had to pay in back taxes. I think it was like 12 grand. Yeah, and we had to come up with that money all at once. And that's about the time I got an accountant. I was like, well, it's time I get an accountant. And I've had an accountant ever since 2012, (laughs) and that is one of the best decisions I've made for my business. So, yeah, paying taxes is important. Even if you have a business and you're small time, if, if you decide to start paying taxes in the future, there is a chance they could look at your business and... And like backtrack a little bit and say, hey, you've been doing this for a while. You owe us money. So it's it's good to be honest about it from the get-go. Take it from me. I, I've had I've had Pete, do you mind if I jump in real quick? You go for it. I've had um I've had conversations with people on Instagram and uh I know they listen to this <clears> and they were like, Yeah, man, I don't want to deal with taxes because I don't want the government taking the money. And it's like, I'm not going to tell anyone how to live directly in that conversation. In this platform, I'm going to say, that's a really, it's, I mean, listen to Dan's story, man. I mean, they see that you have a logo. They see that you're doing commission projects on social media. It's documented on social media that you're doing these commission projects. Uh, they're, they're going to figure it out pretty quick. I mean, that's what they do. They look for those things. They look for people that are evading paying taxes <laughs> that's what they do they have they have, they have whole teams of people that to do stuff. that right yep. i mean if they see that you're like you know some a guy i talked to on here like told me a dollar amount that he made last year i mean i can't know for sure that that's what he sold but the amount he told me for, i was like oh my god if they found out that amount was an income amount that you pay or didn't pay taxes on they're gonna you're you're in trouble man like they're gonna come after you and that could become i mean they don't joke around with that stuff so it's, it, you know, after I made a few sales last year, um, I started a sole proprietor and that's coffee custom builds and I'm doing my first round of taxes this year on it. You know, um, I don't understand. What the, I'm sorry. My, my Siri <laughs> went off. 
Um, hey Siri, you know, I don't, tax advice. Oh wait, yeah, mine turned on. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> um, that was the whole. Th- it was like re- recording the whole entire conversation. I was the whole dialogue. I was just saying right there, her monologue. I don't understand. It was like my whole watch was filled. Oh, technology working technology. against you. Uh, anyway, I, I just think it's it's uh it scares the crap out of me that people. It, this is like that. Um, using logos conversation we had a few episodes back like for me i'm like oh man i really hope nothing bad happens to you but i feel like something's gonna happen like i think it's just like a matter of time yeah it's a real matter of when i mean it's It's a matter of when so well now that the two scary dads uh scared you about taxes (laughs) let me tell you some benefits of doing it so yeah, it's this is the first year, or, uh, sorry, 2019 was the first year that I basically recognized Pichu's workshop as like, this is an income that I have. I did not, I, so I got an accountant as well. Also one of the best decisions I've ever made because it literally, he paid for himself. Um, I work when I teach at the school, I, that's a 1099. I also do other work on the side sometimes that are 1099s. And I also, you know, I had some uh, stocks from an old job that I ended up selling. I basically, I was supposed to owe quite a bit in tax just because I haven't paid. You know, when you work at 1099, you don't pay taxes. You pay the taxes after, uh, at the end of the year. Uh, he was able to basically take my business. And I believe it was a DBA uh, doing business as type of thing where I'm not really declared as a business. It's more like a hobby. That's all oh, the business. Basically, the business ID is your taxpayer ID. You're the business. And I happened to bring in some income with my hobby. And he also, because I keep a full sheet of every dollar that comes in and every dollar that goes out, he even helped me expense use tools that I got off of Craigslist. Because he goes, every tool you bought that you have on a sheet is physically in your shop. You have the asset to show for it. So we were able to count it. Even though I don't have a receipt, nothing just appeared in my shop and money went out of my account. They don't know that. But he was able to get all that on on a sheet of paper for me or into his program. And essentially, at the end of the whole conversation, I actually ended up saving, at this point, thousands of dollars of tax money that I had to pay. I ended up paying almost nothing because the money that I brought in and or the money, basically, I recorded I reported a loss for the year because of all the stuff that I brought in. And he was able to save me a lot of money. There is certain benefits to doing that. And I'm protected now. I know that this was professionally done. He's insured. If something goes wrong, he's liable too. Mm-hmm. And it's a professional CPA. This isn't like my friend that has turbo yeah, tax. my friend's exactly. aunt. No. She's good with numbers. <laughs> Get like I didn't even know that this was a possibility for me. I was looking into LLC. I almost looked into uh, – Mike, which one were you running? I'm sorry. Uh, oh, I'm sole proprietor. Sole proprietor. I was looking into that as well. After talking to Mike about it, and he basically told me, you don't need to do that. You're not making like thousands of dollars. And because I'm tracking all of it, I was still able to basically expense my life. And I did it as like a it, business account type of thing. It's but, not It's not yeah. really a dollar amount thing. It's a liability thing. It's a, like yeah. If, if you were like – so one thing I tell people, and Dan might may or may not say something opposite of this, but um, one thing I learned – from my day job and something I've heard from Jimmy DeResta is when you build a piece of furniture, don't deliver it into someone's house, uh, deliver it to their house. Um, because if something happens in the house, you're liable for that. 
Mm. Um, Jimmy DeResta always said, hey, if if you don't have that specific insurance for that, now this doesn't have to happen to do with business entity, but if you don't have the specific insurance that covers that operation, uh, you can hire a moving company and they'll charge you like 250 bucks to put the piece of furniture in the house, but they have the million dollar coverage for that yep. kind of stuff. For so those anything. are the kind of things that like, even if they break exactly your furniture, what I'm going to do when I get covered. this big desk project done, I'm hiring a moving yep. company. And they're, you're going to drive it to their, the person's house. No, the right? moving company is going to take it from, my from house your house to their right? house. Yeah. I'm going to go there and yeah. oversee it. And they're probably going to charge you a, do- a, f- a dollar amount. That's nominal. Yeah. And there, your butt is covered. Yep. Like always, try to find ways. Yeah, it's built into my that price. You can cover your liability. Yep, exactly. Build it into your price. When it's something yep. like large, like Dan's building, I mean, it just makes sense. But like <laughs> here's your LLC, cutting board. I'm not going inside. <laughs> <laughs> Put it in bubble wrap and throw it at their front door or whatever, like a news, like a paper boy. But I mean, <clears throat> LLC is like um, if the thing you're crafting has an inherent ability to possibly cause harm to your client. Yep. Um like you know, I think if you're making <laughs> if you're making a cutting board, there's not like a there's not really any inherent risk that someone can get hurt using the thing you made or them getting hurt as a result of your faulty craftsmanship. Sometimes it's kind of like, "Ooh, I if I make a table for someone, you know, maybe they could get hurt on that. If I make a chair for someone, uh, they, there might be some liability things there, like making chairs. I know that's that why Dan doesn't like make some, chairs. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to make I chairs. Hate, I hate chairs. <laughs> um, it's not even that I hate them. It's just, I won't make them because there's an inherent liability. And actually who was telling us this was, was, did we talk about this? But there's a, like they, there, there's a separate level of insurance you have to get. If you make bar stools. I don't remember this conversation. Okay, this no. is a conversation I had separate. That's the other podcast. Yeah, you, <laughs> it's my other podcast. Yeah. Uh, another, another one. No, uh, <laughs> the, the there's a, a there's there's a special liability line you need to have in your insurance if you make bar stools or seats yeah. that are higher than a certain set level of inches and stuff like that. So <clears throat> there's and, things you need to do to protect yourself and yeah. your family. You should be at the uh, very least tracking. Have a P and L statement, a profit and loss, what you bring in, what you spend. Just track it. All, all I have is just it was a it's a numbers sheet that just has mm-hmm. in and out and has a customer's name and if it's a, a a consumable, if it's a tool purchase, an upgrade, a sale, and it's just a simple list. I just add it on there as it comes by, and that literally saved me thousands of just doing a couple minutes work every couple of days. It, it's just start tracking it. I don't care if you're bringing in. I technically broke even the last two days, yet I have thousands of dollars of brand new or used tools in my shop, but I broke even. I made no profit the last two years based on my sheet. That just simply means I was able to upgrade my shop entirely from a single table saw, miter saw, and a couple of power tools to what I have now, but I recorded, I reported no, no profit and it's fine. I'm, I'm legally and financially covered. And the thing is, a lot of us are afraid of talking to an insurance agent or a tax guy or someone because you feel like you're going to get in trouble or have to pay more. But sometimes paying that little bit of extra, you know, I, like I have extra coverage for my shop now that you have to, it's, I, I will, if something goes wrong and somebody goes, have you been like running a business out of here? And then they're not going to cover your house that burned down because you had an electrical short. You don't want that, you know, pay the extra couple of bucks. It's worth it for either a tax guy, insurance or proper advice. Not a not a podcast advice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not 
sometimes it will pay for itself. It every time pays for itself yep. when you're starting to do those things. I mean, if you're making like three hundred dollars a year, I don't think I'd sweat it. What's the yep. what's the legal dollar amount? Six hundred dollars? Where you start having to claim things? I think it's six hundred bucks, bucks is when I have to start giving subcontractors uh, the ten ninety nine. Yeah, so I think it's six hundred bucks yep. where you need to like. But if you sell like three cutting boards in a year, it's like I wouldn't sweat it. Yeah. But if you're like really going after it, you're probably selling more than three cutting boards a year. So if you're um, shipping out a bunch of stuff on Etsy, yeah, you should be doing it. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Etsy, if you're selling yeah. through like a third party. There's a tracked website. like website that's tracking it. Yeah, you should be doing it. If you're doing all your business like through Venmo and PayPal, it. yeah, like Venmo, PayPal, all that stuff. I had all those statements printed out because mm-hmm. it's tracked somewhere. They're going to get it. Yep. Well, well we that's kind of it one. for questions, I think, right? Yeah. Are we done? Yeah, Did I think wrap? we're done. Let's uh, I mean, let's ribbity wrap this thing. We can up. keep going. I mean, it's only one fifteen a.m. here. No, I think I'm getting. Yeah. I'm starting to fall off. Remember when I said I put my table saw in simple green? <laughs> oh, you're <laughs> getting tired. Okay. Oh, cool. <laughs> I still have to edit this thing, and it's you know it's late. So yeah, cry me a river. Um, but what? I said, cry me a river, Michael. Oh, yeah, I know. It's super late over there for you, I know. <laughs> well, since Sorry, uh, we're wrapping up, I should mention that uh, we're, we have a very nice round number of reviews. So I need all of you to either never leave a review again or leave 351 because we have 69 reviews right now. Nice. Nice. Thank you, boys. Um, so unless all of you are going to leave 351 reviews to get it to 420, I don't, I don't want any more reviews. But I'm kidding. Uh, we want so reviews. Dumb. We love the reviews. I love reading them. They make me very happy. I don't know about you guys. I actually they put read me them. to sleep every night um, because it makes me yep, feel. Dan good. doesn't read. <laughs> makes me feel all um, warm and fuzzy inside. Guys, we thank you for for all the reviews. But make sure it's still broken. Five star reviews only, as always. Uh, I believe uh, most of you did your homework. Most of you listened 25 times this week. I know some of you did it. We know who you are. We're coming for you. <laughs> and expect right, William Neeson. Yeah, <laughs> I have a very particular set of skills. <laughs> and uh, you guys want to leave us some voicemails? We'd love to play them. As you notice, we kind of prioritize voicemails. We love hearing your voices. The more velvety, the better, right? Yeah, mm. right. Yeah. Josh the dad. Josh the dad. Josh the dad one. Hey, this is on the big Josh ID. The none of us from the none of us like ever hop off this podcast because he's just a shoe in. Right. <laughs> I'm actually but I'm actually Colin, concerned you're gonna get rid of me for him. I'm I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, same here. God, my voice is like nails on a chalkboard, guys. I don't know. I can't believe you listen to me. But leave a voicemail at seven five four two two five five two nine seven or call AWP. Or you can ideally just record it in your voice memo app on your phone and send it to us because they sound so much better. So good. So yeah. sexy. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah, I kind of... We got anything else? No. I don't know. You guys got anything else? I love you long time. Go shop Bear uh, Hollow. They're great. Shop Bear Hollow. <laughs> oh, I did want to... You know what? I actually did mean to mention the boys over at We Built a Thing. I, I yeah. did it on a couple episodes ago, and my audio was uh, a garbage fire. But I did want to mention <laughs> those guys. Those guys are friends of the show. You know, you got Drew, you got Bruce, you got Mark. They're good guys. So uh, go check them out if you don't. And uh, I don't know. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> we love you thank all. You. No. Yeah, we do. all had very good experiences with the community in the last couple Man, weeks. Man, this community has just, just been great. Just amazing. It blows me away every week. Man. It is amazing. We love you guys. We thank you. We really appreciate you. We love you all. 
but we love you all. It. We love you long. Love is this it? We... I guess well, this is dragging on way too long. I'm probably going to edit the last two to three minutes of this thing. It's, it's a lot of love yous in there. <laughs> all right. Bye. Love you long time. Love, love you long time. Bye.